Getting tired of your lunch options? Change it up with Little Caesars Hot and Ready Lunch Combo. Wowee, the winds of change. Get four slices of pepperoni deep, deep dish pizza, plus a 20-ounce drink, now for only four bucks. Goodbye. Where are you going? Little Caesars, obviously. Get the Little Caesars Lunch Combo, now just four bucks, hot and ready, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. weekdays. Available at participating locations for a limited time, plus tax. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the final episode of the weekly editions of Monsters at Midnight, brought to you by the Zima Podcasting Network. Yes. Ever. It's the last episode ever. Of no! October. That's why of October. Surprise! No! Never coming back. Um, yes, this is your one-stop shop for horror flicks, creepy chicks, scary news, real-life tales of the unexplained. And there are few who denied what I do, I am the best, for my talents are renowned far and wide, for I'm your host, the Pumpkin King, Matt Schaefer. And joining me, as always, call her the American Nightmare, call her the American Dream, call her your soul, <laughs> something, call her anything you need, Jolene Dormady, yeah, motherfucker! Jolene, how are you tonight? Oh my god, I fucking love you, dude. <laughs> this is my favorite day, this is the greatest thing ever. And of course... I was walking to the fridge late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. Graham Zima was the only thing that stood between us, and without a word, he showed me his smile. <laughs> Graham, how are you tonight, sir? Good. Excited to be here for the series finale of Monsters of Midnight. <laughs> the last um, one ever. It's been a really good I misspoke. We're all fired I'm now. A, I misspoke. We're all fired. Yeah. I misspoke. We, no. uh... It's been a great run. I'm really excited to move on to the next I, chapter. Great is uh, loose. Term, yeah, I was going to say. Define great. Define Aww. great indeed. But yes, this is a final episode of the weekly editions for October. We, of course, will be back to our monthly format after this episode. I'm like all nervous after doing all that, that singing. Was, no <laughs> shit. This is my favorite fucking day. That was awesome. You're incredible. And this is the best show on the fucking internet. I'm pulling Everybody a Joel can and Dermody it. and being nervous for the rest of my existence now. No, that was fucking something. great. Although I am perpetually nervous. But so let me have shit. some more of my wine. Um, I will validate you as much as you need because this is my favorite fucking thing. I appreciate you. Um, as always, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, and preferably, we are on the website. Is it's We're not on Spotify, but that's okay. We used to be. Um, no, I think licensing or something. Oh, Monsters at Midnight isn't on Spotify. That's but right. But Zima Podcasting Network is. That's right. Zima Podcasting Network is. Check out the other shows, the other hot, creamy content shot into <laughs> your face for this uh, lovely network. 
what's the actual URL for the website, Graham? I can never remember. SemaPodcastingNetwork.com. Yeah, hopefully How can you you're... not remember that. Because there's he has an old one that you can still find from a Google search. I've been oh, trying to get rid it, of that for so long. I don't know why Zima it keeps popping up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I can show. never remember which one is which. So make sure to add the network, folks. Yes. So and we've got a we've got a pretty decent show for you because we're going all out because this is Halloween, motherfucker. So bolt your windows, lock your doors, turn out the lights, monsters and mother goddamn Christ on a bike, sons of bitch and a crystal clear as crystal, Frank as Frankenstein, fuck, fuck, fucking midnight. Rides yes. for the final goddamn time in October. Ever. Ever. I need more liquor. Yeah, will you marry me? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> um, I hope you know I took a video of you doing those introductions, and now the entire world of Facebook will be able to see well, the, enti- yes. the entire world that we are terrifying the eardrums are Holy heard it already. Shit. So. I was I spent like an hour before the show just thinking like I want to do something and like actually prepare an introduction. I so- loved it. I was sold. Let's- First time Matt ever has taken notes for this show. And that's show. the only notes <laughs> I have for the show. And the only notes he'll ever take ever again. That's true. It was so good. Okay, so let's uh move to our first topic of discussion. Jolin brought to my attention earlier this afternoon that famed baseball player LeBron James is interested what? Uh, basketball, isn't he? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, he was interested <laughs> in... More about sports. <laughs> I, I was fucking kidding. Oh, I couldn't <laughs> I, tell. Okay. I, that's, that's the look. Anyway, moving no, on. No, because LeBron James, as we all know, is the star of Space Jam 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I fucking wish. Can't believe... They are. What? Yeah. What? You didn't know that? I did. I know. Yeah. I guess I maybe have heard it. I just figured people were kidding. Isn't the guy who directed Straight Outta Compton directing it, Graham? Oh, I have no clue. Oh. Holy fuck! Well, I'm going to research that real quick. But yes, oh Jolin brought to my attention earlier that it has been... I got too much wine in me now. God, you just... <laughs> it has been rumored here. that LeBron James has shown... Oh, God. Has shown interest in... Producing, producing a, a remake of that's gonna help. <laughs> reboot. One reboot. of these days, I'm going to make a compilation of all the times you burp on the <laughs> behind the microphone. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, I don't want it. Um, no, it's not the guy who directed. Never mind. It's not the guy who directed Straight Outta Compton. Um, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. Anyway, LeBron John, <laughs> LeBron John, LeBron John Silver has been <laughs> rumored to produce a reboot slash remake of Friday the Thirteenth, everyone's favorite movie about the Ghostface Killer. So, Jolene, what do you have to say on this topic? Well, it's like I didn't even realize that he was like a horror fan, but apparently he had an incredible Pennywise costume, and he also oh, like cool. put out a line of sneakers that were Friday the Thirteenth themed. Um, earlier I said sneamed, so I said sneamed, uh, because sneakers and themed are hard to say right after each other, apparently. Anyway. It's actually scientifically proven that those are the two (laughs) hardest words to say back to back. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) But, um, all I can say is, like, and uh, because I just desperately wanted to make this stupid pun, horror movies are making a killing in the box office, because Halloween. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Uh, but Halloween has already made about like 
almost a hundred million dollars. I have a feeling by the time this episode is actually out, it'll probably be at least a hundred million, which is incredible. Yeah, and that was just opening weekend. You know, I think as of Monday, it's like nine. 91.5 million i think but that's still like fuck dude mm-hmm. and i mean i gave them my money and so who knows how many other people did i'm sure a lot but so uh and then also the but yeah that was pretty much it i don't know what i was gonna say but yeah so what are your thoughts on it happening i don't if know you have any I don't know. I mean, he's just producing it. I guess that's cool. It's like mm-hmm. if I made a bunch of money via sports, that's what I would do. And if he's like a huge horror fan, then fucking awesome. Like, True. he's already got the money, so why not? I, I would love to see that. And frankly, I don't think like we need a Friday Thirteenth reboot, but like mm-hmm. we don't need a lot of things, and we get them anyway. So true. it'd be fun, probably. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um. I have no connection to LeBron James. Yeah, uh, I, don't I don't watch. I hate basketball with like a burning passion. It's like my least favorite sport. Nothing against people that like it. Nothing against people that play it. I it does I absolutely like nothing for me. Oddly enough, like basketball was one of the only ones that like when watching it like in person, I actually got really into. Mm. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm like really, really fucking bad at it. So I'm just like, I just think it's amazing that anyone can do it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The only sport I cared about, my team did, is done. It was a sad evening. Uh, uh, was that the brewer thing? It was the brewer thing. Yeah, I'm and sorry. then I saw Jolyn take her clothes off. Uh-huh, which, he did. Which he was at a bur- was at a burlesque. Yeah, show. it wasn't. It wasn't um, like moving on. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a bi- always going to be a big fan of the Friday the Thirteenth show. Uh, show, God damn it, burlesque show is on my mind now. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've always been a fan of the Friday the 13th series. I like the reboot that they did in 2009. I think oh, yeah. for my money, it's just another decent Friday the 13th movie. And honestly, Freddy versus Jason, I fucking love Freddy versus Jason's great. Yeah. I'm so fucking into it. So. Yeah. So if they do another one, as long as they can just deliver what we want, which is, which is memorable characters, tits and ass and Woo. beautiful kills, like, you get you got me sold. It doesn't matter who the fuck is produ- producing it. As long as you can deliver on those aspects, I would love to see another Friday the 13th movie. That being said, I'm not going to hold my breath for another one, especially since the legal issues that are surrounding the franchise right now with oh. uh, Sean Cunningham, not Sean Cunningham, the writer, I think Victor Miller, is uh, threatening to repossess the rights because he can apparently do that. Because he wasn't making money. I don't oh. know. It's just typical. It like the... Because I know they came out like a video game pretty yeah. recently. Was that I don't know issue? if the video game was Catalyst or what, but apparently it's been something that's been years in the making, so oh. I don't think it was explicitly the game. Hmm. But it's typical Hollywood crybaby bullshit. Like, I understand these people are working and they need to make their money too, but like when you're a fucking Hollywood writer, it's like, I, this is me playing the world's smallest violin that you can't yeah. see. Um, so that's why... Any sort of updates or anything progressing with the Friday the 13th video game has been halted because mm-hmm. uh, of the future is uncertain. Any sort of movie is un- is uncertain. That's why when you brought this up, I was surprised, and I don't know if yeah, it's it just, just like... Yeah, like a brief, bloody, disgusting article that I saw that was posted. By the way, bloody, disgusting, if you're still listening. We love you. We love you. Oh, please. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> this, what the hell happened oh. in this episode? Oh, this is great. <clears throat> um... Getting sexy with Monsters at Midnight. Round tones. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why when you brought this up, I was surprised. But it sounds more like he just... It it's something just like that he wants thing, to yeah. do. Yeah. 
And if it works, great. And I mean, I fucking love to produce a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Know, I mean, I'd love to. I actually have had ideas of writing a Friday the 13th re- reboot. So. Can I share like a weird anecdote about Friday the 13th? Yes, of course. I thought about it. Um, so I have this friend who's like, Friday the 13th movies are his favorite movies. He's seen all of them like a fuck ton of times. Mm-hmm. He has like a whole Jason costume and it's actually really good. Um, but he organized this cabin trip for a bunch of our friends uh i think it was last summer Mm -hmm. um and it was like out in this cabin in the woods and there was like a lake and stuff like that um so i because he was like really pressing people to come to this because he paid for it all out of pocket and then he was just going to be like okay well if you're coming can you pay me back and stuff like that and i don't Mm -hmm. know if anybody did even but he was just pressuring people to come so my theory was like he's gonna fucking murder everybody (laughs) um so i didn't go but what I heard was he brought the fucking Jason costume. Yeah. He hid under a dock in the full Jason garb. I might have told you this story before. I don't think you have. Okay. He, he hid under the dock in full Jason garb. That's amazing. And like waited until a couple of the, like a few of the people like went out on the deck to like go fishing in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. everyone else was inside. Right. And then he just like. Fishing in air quotes. Probably smoking pot. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like. As you do in horror movies. This literally is a Friday the 13th movie. And then he just like slowly, like I think he like banged on the underneath of it, which Uh obviously freaked them the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And then he like just slowly came out from underneath and like followed them towards the cabin. And one of my friends who like is the most, like he works out all the time. He's like super prepared for like defending himself. I'm pretty sure he owns a gun. All this shit. Like he was the one who was like screaming bloody murder running back into the cabin. That's amazing. I know. I was like, fuck. I should have gone. That's I should have risked being fun. <laughs> That's so fun. This is I why, know. like, I love Friday the 13th fans. Like, they're the fucking best. Like, yeah. the fact that there's, like, multiple lakes that have Jason statues oh God, at the I bottom of them. So fun. And apparently, like, I've never been to a convention because Graham doesn't let me out of the house. <laughs> and, like... All the horror fans, Friday the 13th fans, seem super, like, super down-to-earth, like, chill-as-fuck people. Like, I don't know. I just... That's why I'm a, I'm a part... Glad to be a part of this community whenever everyone rails me for being a Friday the 13th fan. Um, so that's why, yes, I would enjoy a new movie. I'm not going to hold my breath for a new movie, because, yeah. one, legally, it's not looking super likely right now. Two, I've got 11 that I can watch at right. any point in time, so... Yeah, that's our thoughts on LeBron, Jackson, Jordan, <laughs> Smith, what Bugs Bunny potentially producing a Friday the 13th remake. <laughs> um, moving on to a similar category, because you brought up Freddy vs. Jason, Robert England, uh, famous uh. for playing the Phantom of the Opera in the 1989 adaptation of the tale, and there's also that Freddy Krueger character that he played a couple times. <laughs> a couple times. Uh, he's going to be making a reappearance in the ABC, I believe, sitcom The Goldbergs as his character, Fre- uh, Freddy Krueger, for their Halloween episode. Oh my god, that's so fun, I didn't know that. The, uh, the Goldbergs takes place in the 1980s, if yeah. I'm uh, not mistaken, and... Uh, it was recently quoted in an interview that uh, there are more talks again to reboot the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise again. The first time they did that was in 2010 or 2011. I, believe, I think it's I 2010. Yeah. I was in grade school at the time. What? Really? I was like in seven, 6th, 7th grade. Weird. Oh, my God. Well, maybe 8th grade if it, was, if it was 2010. You probably were a freshman or like starting to be a freshman i was i became a freshman in 2011 wow what the fuck okay sorry you're old it's weird um so uh he was quoted oh wait 
no, never mind. It's still weird. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember the exact quote, and I don't have it pulled up because I'm dumb. And the quote is something to the degree of they asked Robert Englund what his, what his thoughts of the reboot, potentially reboot the franchise, him potentially being in it. And he said something to the degree of whenever they reboot these things, they have the idea for eight more films. And he said, I maybe have one more in me, not uh. eight. This set the internet on its fucking ear, though, and everyone's like, Robert England's going to do another Nightmare on Elm Street well, movie. To me, that kind of sounds like maybe he like doesn't really want to do it. No, all, it's like, like... I mean, fucking maybe, I guess. It's please. like super hypothetical. Yeah. Like that's why, And that's why I was going to ask you what you thought of it, because the first thing I saw was like... I read the article. I, well, I read the article. Well, I wish I didn't read the article because the title of the article is way better than the fucking article. Yeah, what bloody disgusting. Sweet. I love you, but what the fuck did you do? Yeah, title, title, headline the is title is something like Robert England hints at doing a new Nightmare on Elm Street, and that's not even remotely what he's saying. He yeah. says, in he's basically saying, in theory, I could do one more, yeah, but I'm not maybe. in this franchise game anymore. Yeah. Which I get, and I don't blame him because I'm like, they, how many fucking movies were there? There's we counted this out the other day. I think there's eight, including the remake and okay. Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, because that's you know that's ridiculous. And dude does other movies. You know, every time I see him in a movie too, I'm always like really amped because I'm like finally it's right, yeah. Because he's like he's a good actor and he's like over the top and fun. Mm-hmm. So it's like even though he's fucking perfect as Freddy too, like, right? Yeah, it's still just it's good to see him in other places. And that was. Like, cause I I feel like I haven't seen him in anything in a really long time, so maybe that's why I don't know if I've seen him in anything that isn't a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. No, I've seen him in the Phantom of the Opera, the yeah. 1989 Phantom of the Opera. Well, and also he, what was it? Uh, Behind the Mask of Oh, like, I Leslie still need to see that. It, I've heard that. I've heard that's good. It, I really liked it. Um, it's like it kind of reminds me of like maybe like we decided to make a movie you know right. so it's like i feel like just like right now so and it's then... perfect in every <laughs> single way is what you're saying I, just, I guess what i mean is like it looks like it might be like a student film oh. um but like a little bit better than that because obviously they got robert england you know mm-hmm. and it's like it's not bad like i liked it but you can definitely tell that it's like low budget and it's just a bunch of people who are like super geeky about horror movies and i love shit like that mm-hmm. so that's you know. totally fair yeah so He's been in like stuff like that. I think I I saw him in something else recently too, but I don't remember. He's in like zombies versus strippers. Oh, that's fun. I haven't seen that. I haven't I... seen it, but I've heard of it. It's a good title. I feel like he's done a lot of um, a lot of things that are just. Like... <laughs> Bless you, Jesus Christ! I feel like he's done a lot of kind of low budget stuff. Right. So it's like, which I love because it's like a lot of those low low budget films kind of need uh like someone drawing interest like i right, probably yeah. wouldn't have watched beyond the behind the mask if robert england wasn't in it because uh-huh. that just seems like a oh my bless God. you three times <laughs> three times a lady <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the best episode right? we've done so far I know. um so yeah uh i but i don't blame him for not <laughs> wanting to get, <laughs> to get back into that I'm trying to stay on topic. It's really hard. Um, uh, I don't blame him. I get for not wanting to get into like the whole bit again. Uh-huh. But also, I would love to see him as Freddy again because he's so fucking good. 
And I love that he's doing that for that show, The Goldbergs. Yeah, like, I, I might have to like watch that episode. That show is pretty funny from what I see, and I'm not like, <laughs> holy fucking shit, dude. <laughs> Are you that, like getting possessed That one there? didn't even is sound your, real. Is your soul leaving your body? Christ. Somebody call an exorcist. <laughs> oh, might as well be. Jesus Christ. There is oh. no Jesus in this room. That's you, fair. My abs hurt. That. He's long gone. He's this long is like gone. the best workout I've, I think my abs have ever gotten. Uh, round. <laughs> Here we go. I think it's going to happen. Oh, <laughs> okay, should we move on? Round <laughs> tones. Round tones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen Singing in the Rain? <laughs> Yeah. Round tones. I know. I get round. The, okay, I good. Get it. The, I know. The other boy who is in theater isn't. He's fucking filming. We, we. <laughs> he's filming. He's, we kind he of. He is filming. We. Uh, <laughs> in answer to the fr- red. Oh, Christ. Vice, Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck. We can do it. We can uh, do it. Come in, on. in reference to the, I'm on video now. I shouldn't be taking off my hat. In reference to the whole Robert England interest. Loosely <laughs> in being Freddy Krueger again. I think that I th- article is very misleading. I think it is. I think it's 100% misleading. I would love to see Freddy Krueger again, of course. Um, this is what probably why, why I will watch that Goldberg's episode. Mm-hmm. But I don't need I don't need another Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Right. I don't need another Friday the 13th movie yeah. either. If I get one, cool. I didn't see the remake. I've heard the remake is fuck awful. Graham, have you seen the remake? I, I feel oh, like yeah, that's a yes. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of comparable to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, where okay. it was like. I've heard that the Nightmare on Elm Street remake is more shot for shot, though. Oh, I guess I thought you were talking about the um, Friday Thirteenth one for some reason. Oh, so never mind. Okay, I don't have an opinion on the Friday on the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one because I didn't see it because I, I know, know it was Rooney, terrible. I know Rooney Mara and I saw Freddie and I wasn't into it. Rooney Mara is in it. Rooney Mara is in it. Oh, she I plays her. Nancy, I think. I think I'm against that on principle, but I do love her. Well, I see the thing is I wasn't totally against the the Freddy makeup because if they're gonna remake it, they should do something new with it. I guess, um, but I just he, love the he character does. That I know, did. and that's the thing is like he does actually look more like what a burn victim should look like. Um, I have seen bits of his performance, and all he does is like speak in that fucking Christian Bale Batman voice the I entire guess, time, like. The difference, because I kind of put, like, Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street in the same boat, because mm-hmm. they're, like, the sort of classic slasher movies. That they're the icons. Kinda, yeah, yeah, that relate, that people relate to horror. Um, but Freddy is the only one that, like, has a very dominant speaking role. He has and so a personality, he, he has too. A, and he has a strong personality, mm-hmm. so it's, like... When you when you add another person to the mix and when you change that character, I feel like it really does change. Whereas in Friday the Thirteenth or in Halloween, it's kind of okay to make the character a little different mm-hmm. uh, because it's still just like a looming kind of shape. Yeah, but see, that's the thing is, um, I was against the Nightmare on Elm Street remake too because it looked so lifeless and so like serious yeah. and like everyone and like. Uh, the original is before, like, he was saying, welcome to prime time, bitch, and stuff like that. But <laughs> there's that. still, he's still, so I know. That's, he's, like, the only series that I actually love all the sequels to it, too. Okay. I've only seen the first one in New Nightmare and Freddy I love, like, the first four are my shit. Mm-hmm. I love those. Okay. And, like, so, I like, guess not, like, every single movie in the series, but the first four, I'm, like, fucking spot on. I love it. For the second one, super gay. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's all I'm going to base it off it's, of. You, you, you're not wrong. Did you see that documentary? Is that what you're kind of basing uh, it off Never of? Sleep Again? Yeah. 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 Fantastic yeah. documentary, yeah, by the way. Yeah, but no, you're right. There are a lot of like gay undertones, and I don't think it was on purpose. But I think it's it was like, just the 80s. The 80s yeah, in general yeah. were pretty gay. Yeah. Top, <laughs> Top Gun was pretty gay. Every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is very I feel gay. like Lost Boys probably like Lost Boys is pretty gay. <laughs> like, but Joel Schumacher is also gay yeah so it makes sense that that i mean that bled and into I'm his batman fucking, movies too fucking, so into that movie and oh the lost boys hot. is great lost boys I is great yeah oh my god anyway but um i mean yeah joel schumacher being gay bled into his batman movies too so i suppose yeah not saying being gay is wrong being gay is great i'm like half gay i love gay movies yeah i'm, I'm kind of half gay too I, that's it's weird anyway <laughs> only mostly gay <laughs> Have you seen The Princess Bride? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was referencing. Okay. Um, let's move on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I did all that. Everyone's like, "Oh God, I used to like this show." Jesus. I think this is the most likable show we've ever done. In fact, okay. and our listeners can suck it. I'm this is kidding. why Joel. I love you, listeners. <laughs> Please keep listening to us. Add that to you. the drinking game. Every time Jolyn tells the listeners <laughs> to, to suck, suck her it? dick, oh, yeah, and then she immediately apologizes for it. Um, so if Freddie, if Freddie, fuck, god damn, son of a bitch, <laughs> if Robert England plays, <laughs> Robert England plays Freddy Krueger again, I'd be down. Yeah, I'd watch it, but fuck it. I, he's one of those people where he's like, probably pushing 70, he doesn't need to play Freddy Krueger again. If he does, great. If he doesn't, not losing any sleep. But, um, he's... Yeah, never sleep again. That's it. Yep, Mm -hmm. fucking great. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, tell us what you think about Robert England maybe playing Freddy Krueger again. Leave a comment, (laughs) please. (laughs) Talk to us. We need people to talk to other than each other. I'm so lonely. (laughs) Um. Uh, Moving on to uh, more upcoming films in the realms of horror. This one was kind of a reach. I just. Needing an excuse to talk about my one of my favorite actors, Sylvester Stallone, oh, on, yeah. on the podcast. Sylvester Stallone is uh, is in, apparently moving into production, uh, pre-production on a movie called Hunter, which is based off a novel he's had the rights for for years. You may, if you are a Stallone fan, as am I. And Graham, what did you say about Stallone earlier? No comment. Oh, God damn it. He is my daddy. There you go. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Um, it, there were undertones the first time you said it there, Graham Zima. I think there's still undertones. Still definitely undertones. I'm moist just thinking about it. I, um, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're a Stallone fan like me and Graham are, well, me more so than Graham, uh, you may remember that this movie uh, novel adaptation was originally supposed to be the plot of Rambo 5. Now that Rambo 5 is actually moving into production about Rambo against the Mexican cartel, he is now adapting... Are you all right? Yeah, I made a face. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's now... I'm imagining a Rambo movie against the Mexican cartel, and I'm like, oh. Have you okay. seen any of the Rambo movies? Yeah, I mean, I saw bits of the first one. I haven't seen the other one. I know. This is why I wasn't going to talk about it, because I shouldn't, and I know. I know. I'm out of the loop. I usually am... In all fairness, the first one is really the one that's worth seeing rambo the fourth movie 
is really good, but mainly from the spectacle of sheer brutality and violence, not because it's like an award-winning story. And then two and three are only if you're into the the testosterone-fueled action spectacles of the 80s because yeah, they're yeah, both pretty stupid. I hate stupid. testosterone, so... <laughs> Sorry, fair enough. Then never watch a Rambo movie. <laughs> it's a good thing Kinda I didn't lo- loan you End of Days. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I, I'll keep an open mind because I trust your guys' judgment. It's just hard for me to speak on this because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. But see, the thing is... Well, here's a tangent. Uh, yeah. I bet you guys didn't expect. The thing about the first Rambo movie, which is called First Blood based off the novel of the same name, which I've actually read, one of the few books I've read in my pitiful existence. Proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, The whole thing is that Rambo isn't necessarily a hero. He's a victim. He's a victim of a society that's cast out a lot of Vietnam veterans because Vietnam War was, uh, historically speaking, a very unpopular war. Veterans were traditionally being spat on, being called things like baby killer, and all sorts of vile crap. I'm just quoting the movie now. Um... The thing is, he comes into this town try, just trying to make it through. An overzealous cop doesn't like, doesn't like his long hair. He doesn't like his military jacket. And he becomes persecuted as a result of it. And the whole first movie is built around the fact that Rambo is falling back into his instincts as a soldier to survive in a climate that doesn't accept him as a person. Oh, that's actually really thoughtful and interesting. Whereas the se- second and third movie is just like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot good. Shoot <laughs> um, yeah, and which, my dick. which were much, far more pro-America movies than the first one is. Because the book is much darker tonally, and the first movie is very dark tone, uh, tonally as well. What the fuck were we talking about? We're talking about Hunter. So Okay, first, so first off, Jolin, check out First Blood. It's, yeah, it's will, actually pretty worth it. Um, um, Hunter is about a... I don't know if he's a cop. Basically, someone who is a super skilled hunter, super keen, sense-adapted hunter, who is going after a man-beast, a beast of a man, a manly beast, (laughs) some sort of beast. (laughs) It's been a while since I've read the synopsis. Um, It shows. (laughs) But it uh, it sounds like... I said I was going to show up. (laughs) It sounds like Predator. Jolene, do you have any thoughts on Stallone's movie Hunter? I don't know. I mean, like, I I know I need to catch up on some, like, action movies in the past. A lot of them, actually. And so that's probably one of them because it's, like, I didn't grow up super into action movies. I was, like, watching musicals and shit, and, which Yay. I'm still into. Um, But I, you know, it took me a while to get into action because it's, like, I've loved hor- horror for, a, like, a long time now. Um, But action movies kind of fell by the wayside because it's, like... You know, mindless violence ain't my game, but I also love horror movies. So I don't know. I don't know. Who knows where my mind's at? But so I know I don't know what I'm talking about, but it seems interesting. Um, I'll have to revisit. What was the first movie called? First Blood. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I should probably revisit that because that actually seems really thoughtful and interesting. And this one sounds, you're right, kind of like Predator. And I love Predator, Mm -hmm. so I'd be into it. Yeah. So fuck it. Yeah. Um, Another tangent. The uh, the chronology of the rambo movies is actually stupid confusing is the first movie is called first blood because it's based off a novel called first blood um which has more politics 
the whole thing about the sheriff of the town being a Korean war vet adds a whole another layer to the story in the novel. And Rambo is more of a merciless killing machine. It's a lot darker. Um, I like dark. Uh, it's it's an interesting read. I think I prefer the movie, but that's also because what did you say earlier about Stallone, Graham? <laughs> He's my daddy. That's what I like <laughs> to hear. Um, <laughs> the second movie is called Rambo First Blood Part 2. Third movie is called Rambo 3. So we're already off the beaten path. And then the fourth movie, which also served as a reboot of sorts of the franchise, is just called Rambo. And then the fifth one is allegedly going to be titled Rambo Last Blood. So I don't blame you for... Yeah, that's very confusing. I don't blame you for not knowing that the first movie is called First Blood. Especially since, like, retroactively they begin calling it Rambo First Blood. Um, Yeah, it's very misleading. I hate people. Uh, I agree. Except for Stallone. Stallone is... Uh, never mind. Graham's not paying attention. Uh, I'm into this movie. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm always down for Stallone movies. Uh, even his shitty ones. I have been since like 8th grade. And since it basically sounds like Stallone's version of The Predator, yeah, fuck it. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'm glad that they're not using it as the plot for the fifth Rambo movie because I feel like that would have been... As bombastic and over the top as they get, Rambo the Rambo series is usually kept in the realms of our real world. I'm glad that they're making this a standalone entity. Yeah, that it can way, be fun. that way it doesn't it doesn't need to be bound to the rules of the franchise. So you only get people like, oh, Rambo's fighting a monster now. Well, what the fuck? Like you won't get that. So I'm I'm down for it. Whether it's a horror movie or not, I don't know. So. This may have been a waste of time, but Stallone's movie Hunter. Mm-hmm. Look for it sometime. Probably be fine. Um, let's move to a movie that actually came out, though, and one that me and Jolene are super fucking stoked about. Woo! And Graham, that... you're going to have to leave. Graham. Graham. Or go to sleep or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to ruin anything for you. We're returning Graham to his coffin because momentarily. We, we will be going into... Do you want me to just come get you when we're done talking about it? Sure. Okay. Okay. Sure. We'll yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I keep <laughs> muting my mic, but yes, I will be back. At least it's on purpose this time. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't happen. Right. Here, I'm right. going to pass out in here so it won't be far. Yeah, I won't hear anything. I'll, okay. I'll somehow, some way block out what you guys are talking about. Okay. okay. Goodbye. That's that's true. I've had conversations with Graham that he does not remember. So <laughs> that's good. The fact that we're not talking to him is already a step in the right direction. Well, I guess now that we kicked out Graham, this is a good time to be like, hey, by the way, fucking spoilers about the right, new Halloween yeah, we, movie. We will be discussing spoilers about... Because I can't not geek about this. Yes, and I need to talk about agreed. all the details. I'm very fucking excited. So if you haven't seen it yet... Go, first, yeah, first off, go see it. Uh, you if, you're will, a fan, yeah. if you're a fan of the franchise, and even if you're just curious about what they're doing with the series, it's so fucking check fun, it you guys. out. Yeah, it's a it's very fun for fun not movie. horror fans, and it's especially fucking fun for horror fans. Yes, That's and Halloween fans especially. We're gonna Hell talk yeah. about we're gonna talk about uh, David Gordon Green's Halloween 2018. Woo! Yeah, I actually I'm super, just. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was. I, was I just, just saw it today because I. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just saw it today. Yes. So uh, I, I was like really amped and I've I've just been like coasting on this being amped business since then. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I like it. Yeah. I honestly, I would give it like a either a four to a four and a half out of five. Uh, if you're into the numbers thing, I'm into the numbers know. thing. 
I don't um, know what I, I, if there's 4.75, I would give it that. I would deduct points for some lame Pineapple Expressy jokes that they decided to throw in. That's fair. Um, and, and, think, and the beginning part, which I was, I think we kind of agreed on with like the kind of intro with the documentary people being kind yeah, of. Yeah, the exposition y dialogue at the beginning. Yeah, it's just stupid. It's very, very ham like fisted. I don't know. I don't think that phrase came out right at all. But uh, if you guys are going to tune us out, just know right now. We like the new Halloween. Yeah. We, we like the new Halloween quite a bit. Yeah, and it's definitely worth seeing. And, like, while I'm sure everyone has certain issues with every movie ever, like, this one overall fucking sold me. And mm-hmm. I went into it, like, knowing I was going to be super fucking critical because I'm like, I really like Halloween, and I also am a little bit skeptical of Danny McBride making a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of am. So that's still a thing. But it was really fucking good. It was still very good. And... My God. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I made a post about this on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I made a post about this on Facebook saying a lot of people use the phrase fan service or made by the fans for the fans it's lightly. It's a little bit like that. It is a little bit like that. But the fact that it is like both fan service and a successful sequel and standalone film is yeah. a testament to how good this movie actually is. Because it's like I wanted... Like, whenever stuff like this happens where it's, like, a reference to something or a reboot or whatever, like, I want there to be references because, obviously, like, I liked the original enough to want to see the new one, Mm -hmm. but, like, I never want it to be the exact same thing. They definitely didn't do that. They brought a whole new thing for the table. Like, fucking step one, can we talk about the awesome gore? Because the the original Halloween didn't have anything, really. You know, it had, like, one fucking slit throat and that was it. And I mean, granted, that was kind of because of the budget, but it's, like, now that they have money, it was just, like, fucking... Everywhere. It was nasty. It I was loved it. Some, Dude, a lot of the kills, uh, like there's a it's man like, who has his jaw busted open. Oh, it was so Dude's cool. neck fucking is like snapped back. Dude gets his fucking head stamped in by oh, Michael my Myers, God. and his brains are, are all over the fucking it's ground. Like, and I was so pumped. Yeah. And the fucking did you see the human jack o' lantern? Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, how how can you fucking miss that's it? Fair, it that's fills fair. the entire frame. But oh my god, I my, was like, Michael carves. This is not my favorite movie. Michael carves <laughs> the head of a cop that he kills into a human jack and it is amazing with a flashlight jammed up its neck hole it's and, the fucking coolest thing which i leaned ever. over to brian at that point because it reminded me of that famous scene in the original where laurie finds annie's body on the bed with the tombstone for yeah. his sister i just said to brian like all michael wanted to do is get his mask back and do some arts and crafts <laughs> that's, all <laughs> yeah. he, that's all he wanted to do yeah. um one of my favorites is a uh, character uh at first, you think he's just like stabbed by Michael Myers, but then you realize he's like he was trying to climb a fence and like his jaw impaled. like got, like got snagged on the top of the fence, and Have, it's like it's like in Hot Fuzz. If you've yeah, seen Hot Fuzz, it's like sticking uh, through yeah. his mouth. It was so good, except that dude lives, and this guy definitely did not live. And also, okay, so feminist time because I'm super amped. All the asshole dudes in this movie got murdered the shit out of, except for her fucking boyfriend, which I still I know, really I thought about that about. in hindsight. I was like, that fucking cocksucker didn't die. I think like, maybe there, there were a lot of points in this movie where it's like you thought something was going to happen, and then they really switched it around, and I loved that. And I mm-hmm. think maybe that was one of those bits right. where you're like meeting this really asshole Blair, this this really shitty asshole boyfriend. And so, of course, you're like, oh, he's going to be the first to die. Or at least, personally, I was hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Then, of course, he doesn't die at all. Like, he never really comes back after he's a prick. Um, but uh, another 
another part that I wasn't expecting was when, or like, so one, I wasn't expecting the fucking psychiatrist to become all murdery. Yeah. And two, as soon as he put the mask on, I was like, is he going to be Michael Myers for the rest of this right. movie? And I was going to be really pissed if that happened. And of course they didn't. Of course do that, it so wasn't. Was but see, that's the thing is I've heard this, I've heard this plot point getting a lot of flack. Personally, I like it. No, I like in the too. original Loomis is such a force of good. He's the well, antithesis to Michael Myers, pure evil. And what I like too, is that like in this film, it seems like they took everybody who was like, oh, no, we need to have some, like, sympathy or have some feelings for Michael. Mm-hmm. All those people got fucking murdered or they were just, like, proven super wrong. Because right. that psychiatrist was one of those people who was like, no, we need to understand him. You can't yeah. kill him. Um, but then Loomis was, like, one of the only people who was like, no, we need to fucking kill this yeah. guy. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, or, you know, Lori, she also was like, no, we need to fucking kill this guy. And those were the ones who were, like, still badass by the end of it. And yep. also fucking Jamie Lee Curtis, dude. Dude. Uh, I'm going to go back to the psychiatrist for one second. No, it's okay. Cause I'm right there with you. I, I could just be like, and then that, but like, I'm trying, I'm, I'm like, I'm backpedaling. I can't, I took notes. I, I'm not even looking at him cause I'm too excited. The, um, I loved the concept of the idea that perhaps someone would become so enraptured by the theory of Michael Myers that him himself would go insane. Yeah. So, and that's the thing is like, Unfortunately, this again, we're spoiling the show of this movie mm-hmm. already. The psychiatrist is, is killed almost immediately after this, after it's revealed, like what his true intentions are. His true yeah. intentions are to reunite Lori and Michael Myers. Yeah, to because see, it's like, like in, what his, his, about. in his fucked up brain, it's like some sort of fate or destiny for the two of them to be hunter and prey and different roles at different times. And then almost immediately, Michael kills him afterwards. I loved it. I was and like, I loved yes! it too. And then everyone's Kill always saying, bastard. I've heard a lot of people saying that it feels pointless or tacked in as like a weird, like throwaway twist. I didn't mind it because I thought it, per- it gave a new perspective. Well, and, and it, it also, to me, as I'm thinking about it, rings back to a line that I frankly hate because it's like the movie, like, ah, eh, you paying attention? Earlier in the movie, when the doctor introduces himself to Laurie, Laurie goes, oh, so you're the new Loomis. And I was like, ah, that's fucking stupid. But it proves to the point that he's not the new Loomis. Yeah. Laurie is the new Loomis. Yeah. Laurie becomes, after all this years of trauma and preparing, mm-hmm. she becomes the antithesis to Michael Myers' evil. I also love it, too, because, like, okay, again, feminist rants, but, like, no tits in this one except, right? I think it was just the flashback that they had of the first Halloween. I think you're right, yeah. he killed his sister. Yeah. And, like, normally I'm like, I like boobs too, so that's fine if you want to put boobs in a movie. But, like, there were a lot of, and, like, I don't think any of the writers were women or anything like that. No, it was, a th- it was David, Gor- David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, and a third man who I'm forgetting the name of. I, know, I didn't write it down. Whatever. But, so, like, part of me was kind of expecting this to be a little bit, like you know just jerking themselves off a little bit because mm-hmm. i have a bad attitude about things but like <laughs> <laughs> but no tits like the three survivors at the end were all women yep. most of the people killed were dudes and like the only sort of damsel in distress bit that happened like 
was when Lori's daughter was kind of faking it. When she was like, Mom, I can't do it. Oh, and yeah. Then, Judy Greer's character. Yeah, and then she just fucks shit up. And I'm yeah. like, fucking thank you, dude. Because yeah. it's like... And I love that it wasn't just Jamie Lee Curtis being badass. I mm-hmm. love that it, like, inspired her whole generation of people to yes. be badass. And, like, yeah. I was super into that. So I, fucking pumped. I love... I love the through line of familial trauma in the movie because yeah. uh, Jamie Lee uh, Laurie Strode is obviously traumatized because of what happened to her. But then it also all those years her ago family. Yeah, yeah, and then her daughter Karen is traumatized because when she was a little girl, her her mother is preparing her for the apocalypse with like gun training and combat training and where to mm-hmm. hide in a panic room, and then Allison uh, Laurie's granddaughter is is upset because she's coming from a broken family that has yeah. this stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's an it's an interesting through line that's never made like that's never like in your face. It's never preachy. Mm-hmm. It's but it it gives you it gives you a lot of depth to these characters. Like one of the great moments in this movie is when uh Michael is being tra- about to be transported to this maximum security mental hospital or penitentiary i'm not sure which it is but i don't remember jamie lee I curtis think a, I think is it's a penitentiary cause yeah talk about him just being like kept in a hole for forever true as jamie lee curtis uh laurie strode is just waiting outside watching him just in tears mm-hmm. and in that one moment you feel the pain that she has been through for 40 years and i liked that too because like yeah, these women were badass, and they also carried real human emotion. You mm-hmm. know, like Jamie Lee Curtis like breaks down with her family at dinner. Yep. You know, and stuff like that. And it's like, it's really showing like how trauma can make you feel weak, but it can also make you feel strong. True. And I just I loved that. There were so many things about this movie that I loved. Yes. Um, <laughs> which I'm going to uh, cycling back to the very beginning of the movie. Um. If you've seen the trailers, I'm not going to lie to you. The trailers give away some good moments of the movie. Yeah, some good but scares. the fact of the matter is that the movie is so engrossing that even though I knew some of the things that were coming, mm-hmm. I was still like, I was still, as the kids say, shook. <laughs> um, the opening scene in the psychiatric hospital when the the British uh, podcaster, funny enough. I know, I loved that because I was kind of like, oh, we're going to be talking about it today, <laughs> yeah. about the whole fucking, right. we're podcasters too. We're, we're part of things. Anyway. It's true. <laughs> the, when the British podcaster pulls out the mask and the the, penit- the psychiatric ward goes nuts and they're screaming and the dogs mm-hmm. are barking and the siren's going off, I was still, and then hard cut to the opening credits with that classic yeah. theme. I was like, there were a lot of really oh cool hard fucking cuts that God. I liked. Like I was still like that m- moment was so like nerve wracking that even though I saw it in the trailers, I was like, so oh, unsettling. holy shit. Also like, have you seen Halloween three? See, yeah, I've, I've seen Season them all. the witch. Okay. Well, so like that is kind of, maybe my favorite thing. Like I love how much attention they brought to the mask and how it seemed to kind of have this like, drawing power to mm-hmm. it and how they even had like the masks from halloween 3 yeah that felt very reminiscent there's of a that. lot of homages to the other movies yeah, in the I, movie i love that they included that one because that one was so not michael myers at all and i love that they kept it in there and like really you know put some put some oomph to it and mm-hmm. I, was, I, I was super fucking into it i love yeah. that um again so we're, we after that the opening credits which Sorry. i brought up i loved the opening credits because 
uh, everyone knows the original opening credits of the original the with the like, jack lantern and the new one the jack lantern is decaying in reverse i know i love almost it. Like, like him coming back from the grave him coming back from him coming back to the franchise I the franchise it. coming back to his roots oh, <laughs> like so one review i saw it was basically like yeah the halloween series was dead and rotted and we brought it back to life and well and it's like i loved a lot of rendition like because i liked rob zombie's halloween i do i do i like them both i know a lot of people really did no i know know? yeah and so it's like but this one i really think every fan is just gonna be like dude fuck yes or they should if they if they don't like i don't know what the fuck you expect from a halloween sequel yeah one of the things i want to talk about because i don't want to forget about it because i actually loved it like so in one of the deaths one of the girls does sort of like she trips and like that's what causes her death that's like mm-hmm. the babysitter who dies and like in the original like i don't remember which character it was but she trips over nothing and is like i think, it's Jamie I, think Lee, yeah. I think it was too but i didn't want to say that because i wasn't mm-hmm. sure but like so she trips over nothing which is like a common horror movie trope mm-hmm. but in this one the reason the babysitter tripped was because she was wearing socks on hardwood floors yes. and i'm like giving a purpose for why they tripped yeah i loved it because i'm like i probably would have slipped too and that's okay it's, it's funny it's you like, bring that up because now i think about that i didn't even like make the connection i was like i when i saw it i was like oh she's wearing socks on hardwood floors i didn't even make the connection to everyone always trips in yeah horror but movies. it's like i just loved that they actually gave it a purpose right you know? yeah that it was like there was a reason she tripped. It wasn't over nothing. It was because anybody would have fucking tripped on a hardwood floor in socks. Because that's sure. what happens, you know, if you're, like, trying to go super fast. And it was awesome. And I, like, yeah, fuck. It was so good. Very true. Um, You brought up uh, Danny McBride. Uh, not sure if you want him to write for horror. I actually liked the comedy in this I, movie. Like, okay, so initially I didn't like it because I thought it was a little bit too much. Because I was, like, kind of hoping for something just kind of straightforward horror but in retrospect i'm glad that he added as much levity as he did because it got so fucking gory as it went yeah. on because the original halloween you didn't have that gore so it was good to keep it you didn't really serious. have the comedy or at least intentional comedy in yeah the original. And so i i think that worked i think it like it sort of it gave it a significant amount of dimension yes um because like in the original there was dimension of course but it wasn't like there weren't any super gory scenes and there was, weren't any like specifically purposely funny scenes. Mm-hmm. But in this one, you get both. You get like on purpose levity and you get really hardcore fucking gore, and uh, which I fucking loved. And I realized that I do really like it because I do love humor in horror movies. Yes. Well, see, every, this is another throwaway line is like everyone's like, oh, it was a roller coaster ride. And it's like, but this it actually was. kind of, this actually kind of felt like it because. Again, this is uh, one of the things that was revealed in the trailers, but still really worked because of just the suspense that the movie and the atmosphere that the movie is building up. Is when the babysitter finds Michael in the closet of the kid that she's babysitting. Mm-hmm. So when he comes out and slashes at her arm, you're like, "Oh fuck, Michael's here!" And then the kid that she's babysitting goes, "Oh fuck this!" and runs out of the <laughs> yeah, room. So really like, good. it was so much fun. Like me, I, I went from "Oh fuck" to like laughing my ass yeah, off in the good. theater. It was a good dynamic. Uh, the, the, God, that kid had me rolling. Yeah, like he was when really the babysitter's on her phone with her friends, and she's like, "Oh, you can come over later. We could do a little Alakazam." And then the, she hangs up, and the kid's like, "I know." you're coming over to smoke weed <laughs> like yeah, i don't know really i i liked the levity yeah. um because I, I was talking to another friend of mine he's like oh, dude, i don't like my horror my horror movies being funny and i'm like i the thing is i do is just that was something that i was specifically looking for that i was gonna be a little bit disappointed if they overused and initially i did feel like they were overusing it 
But I think well, well, you brought up that line of, oh, I got peanut butter on my penis yeah, line. That was like, a little bit like, yeah, OK, you didn't need that. You didn't need that. The, the kid who was like full of swears and like actually said what the audience was thinking. I love those kind of characters. Well, I, I thought, yeah, because it was funny because you look at the kids in the original and they're like, oh, no, the boogeyman's going to yeah. get me. And this kid's like, I know you're coming over to smoke weed, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So it was good. It's an interesting dichotomy. And that's the thing is. This movie is, in fact, is at its core, it is a sequel to the original, but it, and it does have enough references to the original to be a sequel, but it is wholly its own movie as well. Yeah. And it's full of attention to detail that I didn't even realize on first watch, but yeah. I was watching interviews with Jamie Lee Curtis and David Gordon Green. Jamie Lee Curtis's bedroom in the movie is modeled after the bedroom in the final scene of Halloween. That's awesome. Right down, because like, well, yeah, because the because well, she's at the final uh, sequence of the movie, which was super fucking heart. Uh, it reminded me of the final scene in uh, Silence of the Lambs. Oh yeah. Um, she's going looking th- through the house for Michael Myers, and she she's got oh, her yeah. shotgun and her flashlight, and she turns the light on this. Uh, a closet with like the same slatted doors. And I immediately I was like, Oh no, like she's got bad luck with that. Yeah. But then like the more I think about it, the bed was in the same place. There was like a, like a porch, uh, doorway thing. Mm-hmm. I love that reversal where Michael pushes her out the window, sees her laying on the ground, something distracts Michael. He looks back and Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. is gone. Well, and it's like, they kind of use that at the beginning too. When, uh, when her granddaughter is in school, and they're hack- they're actually having the same topic, like it's the same lesson. Yeah, I know it's in that, that too. scene. And then you know her granddaughter looks outside, and instead of Michael standing there, it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, and I was like, yes. No, oh, yeah. So that's the thing is, it's like it's little things like that that pay homage. It's not like a it's not a remake, but they pay homage to the. They original. do it in all the right ways. They do yeah. it in all the right ways. Well, um, and like how they made close to me that song that she's singing yeah. in, in the original Halloween, where it's like. Uh, I wish I had you all alone. Yeah, yeah. And was and it she famously made- that that song was written in the script because they didn't have the rights or the budget to get like actual songs yeah. in the movie? Yeah, and apparently she like made up the tune. She when made she up was the tune it. as she went along because Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis herself admits that she can't really sing. It was so cute. It was cute. They actually like recorded a real version of that song yeah. for the and credits. It was written by like. Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter, and I think also uh, probably whoever performed it. I don't know. There was like one other person. But... It's a John Carpenter, Cody Carpenter, his son, oh, yeah. and Daniel Davis, who okay. uh, is his guitar player for his touring group. That's the uh, other fucking thing. This soundtrack is so fucking good. Oh my good. god, dude! I lost my shit. I I had well, this pre. So I was listening time. to this before I saw the movie because I was so amped for a new John Carpenter soundtrack. My favorite piece in the movie is a piece called "The Shape Hunts Allison." And I'm going to get real music nerdy on you motherfuckers for a second. It has these beautiful synth arpeggios with these super grimy, growly, like, synth guitar wailings that are, like, punctuated through it. And, of course, they bring back the the shape stalks theme that, bam, ba-dam, bam. But they bring it back in, again, a new, exciting way. I fucking loved it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's basically our thoughts for the new Halloween. We enjoyed the fuck out of it. Uh, I'm sure there's more that I could go on and on about. I can't really think of anything right now. Um, but yeah, Halloween's in theaters now, now that we spoiled the shit out of it for you, if you're still listening. 
Uh, go check it out. If you're a fan of the series, you're going to get something that was tailor-made for you, and but something that's also wholly original to the franchise as well. That was something I, I wanted to bring up was my biggest fear going into the film was it's going to be a remake of H2O. It was not. It was all, and for my money, it's a much, much, much better movie than H2O. Um, if you're a horror fan, or even if you're just curious to see what they're going to do with a franchise that's 40 years old, I highly recommend checking out David Gordon Green's Halloween 2018. Um, we're going to take five. So... We'll keep you posted. Thank you for listening. And we're back. Sorry. We had to we had to reboard the doors and windows because the horde of the undead are are They're closing in. They're hungry. <laughs> they're so hungry. <laughs> um we're gonna move on to our next topic. Uh given that Halloween was a fan made by or fuck a, fan made a film made by, it was a film made it was a fan. Made by and for fans. It was made by and for fans. We're gonna talk about because we know something about making movies <laughs> and writing movies. And we like horror movies. We do. So we're gonna give Matt and Jolin and Graham if he wants. <laughs> Matt and Jolin and Graham, if he wants, Horror Filmmaking 101. I gave Woo. thumbs up, but you can't see him because I keep forgetting this is radio and not television. <laughs> um, we're gonna, I'm going to have this broken up into three courses, if you will, as in school, not food. Um, <laughs> we're going to focus on writing. We're and gonna food, f- too. And food, way. too. We're going to focus on writing. We're going to focus on sound. And we're going to focus on atmosphere. What makes it good? What doesn't work? Uh, we're going to give some examples for homework, movies that you should watch. Write your essay, 250 words on my desk by Friday. <laughs> um, so let's start, start with writing, Jolene. Okay. Um, I guess, like, we were kind of talking about this earlier, too, is, uh, I don't know if we should, okay, writing-wise, I'm going to recommend a film. I'm going to recommend Scream. Because I love that it's kind of a parody while still being a horror movie. Yes. Um, and off of that, I will say what me and Graham were kind of talking about a, a little bit ago about how, like, I think I personally love movies that reference movies that they're inspired by. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love them to be different than those movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I talk about this pretty often when, like, reboots happen. Like, I'm cool with you doing a reboot or something inspired by something. And but I want to see a bunch of references, but I don't want it to be the exact same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a new film. So it's like, I guess my recommendation off of Scream is to like not don't be derivative, but like, you know, use what inspires you a little bit. Because it's like. At least with horror fans, I've noticed most of us, we like when. You know, we can kind of relate like with Rob Zombie. Like I can kind of relate to House of the House and Corpses cuz I also really fucking love Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. and that's obviously like he makes so many fucking references to that. Yes. So it's like and so I love House of the House and Corpses simply because of that. And I know a lot of people don't and a lot of people probably who love But they te- can suck it. They can suck it. <laughs> um but so yeah, I just I personally I like to write things with a little bit of reference to what does inspire me and mm. I think 
you know, I think it's good to do because if you know what you like, then you'll know what you'll want to see on the screen and what you like to see on the screen might be what other people want to see on the screen, you know? Mm-hmm. What What about you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't sure if you were done. So I was yeah, like, I'm done. Yeah. I can be, I can be done. <laughs> no, no, you can, I, you can talk however long you want. No, no, I was no, just that was, like... That was I, my thought. No, I was just realizing. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say. Okay. No, um, basically, it comes down to... And I've said this in other podcasts, uh, dating back to when we first started the Movie Madness podcast, Rest in Spaghetti, Never Forgetty. Um, <laughs> if you feel like you have a story to tell, then tell it. For my money, writing comes down to the fact that it doesn't matter what, I mean, it does matter. Uh, t- the way you tell a story is more important to me in the end than the way than if it's like we've seen this before because if you tell it in a way that's interesting or exciting i'd be down to see it two examples that i immediately thought of that have excellent writing for horror movies is raw which i Mm. i talked about a few weeks ago yeah i put it on at the bar the other week i didn't get to watch all of it but it was interesting yeah uh raw which uh has a lot of interesting themes while being uh an interesting story i mean being a story about someone realizing they like eating people which isn't necessarily like a it's not like we've seen it a thousand times but we've seen movies about cannibals before and one that i thought of was it follows because it follows uh plays with the old idea of a killer that wants to stalk and kill you for no reason but this Mm -hmm. brings a new interesting element into it and going to what you uh uh said about being derivative and coming up with your own ideas every genre in some sort of way is going to be derivative of a, or every genre, every movie is going to be derivative of something in some sort of way. It's how you sell it, how you tell it. And if otherwise you're just doing shot for shot remake, Gus Van Sant looking at you, sir. Um, So if you have a story and it's scary, then tell it. It doesn't matter if it's, it's, if you got a guy in a mask killing people, then tell it. Just add something new to it. Add a new new layer. Make the lead person trans. I don't know. But, like, I do something interesting and tell your story in an interesting light. That's And that's easier said than done, I know. But, but adding a new spin is always good. Yeah. New spin is always good. But it also comes down to just whatever horror story you want to tell, just fucking tell it, man. Like some, oh yeah, some of the best writing. And again, like, uh, make it philosophical, make it uh, commentative. Like Night of Living Dead again has some of the best writing. I uh, would well, not some of the best. Uh, some of the actually all the women in that movie are really poorly written. But I was gonna mention the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, but I don't remember how much I liked the dialogue of that because I do remember there were a few times where I was a little bit like. That's the thing, the too, is it follows. I don't necessarily love the dialogue and it follows, but I love the story yeah, that it tells. Yeah. Same. Um, and Night of Living Dead, I have really strong feelings about the way the women are portrayed in that movie, but that also comes down to the time period. Yeah, and it was yada, a little yada, yada. But the commentary in Night of the Living Dead is exceptional. Same, mm-hmm. thing, same thing with all of, well, the first three of George A. Romero's movies yeah, I totally in agree. the series. Um so that's your homework. You would need to watch Scream. You need to watch Raw. It follows and the Night Texas of, Chainsaw Massacre and Texas too. Chainsaw Massacre and Night of the Living Dead. The yeah, o- the original. Yes. Um, not one of the thirty-five remakes that there are. Yeah, maybe don't do that. Public domain. Um, 
Let's move on to sound. Okay. Jolyn. Um, I immediately wanted to recommend When a Stranger Calls. Um, Ooh, yeah. Because I love the... I love the the music for that movie mm-hmm. um, because it's like it actually sounds. What's that production company? Is it like THX or something? But THX Wait, is a is a the, the sound, sound mastering. Yeah, yeah, so the ones that like when they start out the movie, they they it's like that really loud yeah. noise and it's kind of like synth. Mm-hmm. I swear they took it from When a Stranger Calls. Like oh, I know really? they didn't. I know they didn't. They didn't. Well, I've um, never I've never seen When a Stranger. But like calls, a lot so. of the tones in that movie are like that, and so like a lot of the the suspense is just like based off of the the sound and mm. i do love when a stranger calls but um when i found out that it just sort of like took two movies that had come out previously and kind of mashed them together in a way because it's like halloween had already come out and this is about a babysitter being like like there's murder in the house he just well, the urban the legend had been around for a much yeah. much longer too yeah but then the whole always oh, calling from inside the house thing mm-hmm. that was black christmas and that came out I beforehand too i know i do too <laughs> um so it's like the storyline there is like a little bit on originals a little bit derivative you mm. know um but i think like and black christmas also stretched into an entire movie whereas when a stranger calls is like the first 30 minutes isn't yeah it? and then it gets into you know other things but i do like i love the i love the contrast of the sound in that movie and i think it like really drives the film and it really like you know really makes it powerful whereas like you know even in in how like the original halloween i love the soundtrack obviously like i feel like it brings a whole fuck ton to the table but i was reading that like the the soundtrack wasn't originally a part of the film. He actually added no, it after and the producers the hated it. Yeah, or hated the movie without yeah. the soundtrack. So yeah, it wasn't so you, scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so when they added it to it, so it's like it's hard for me to like reference that one. I don't know if you're going to, but it was hard for me to bring that one about because it's like if it wasn't the original like kind of goal of the film, which I guess every film is kind of like that where they you know add the music later. But um, I don't know. It was just a little bit less like at the forefront mm-hmm. the sound was so when a stranger calls that's my recommendation the one with uh carol kane uh yes. not not the one from like 2009 or whatever oh, yeah that's right. i haven't even seen that one but i it's probably well, it was a pg-13 horror movie and everyone loves pg-13 horror movies Ooh. um i was gonna say halloween but I, I you bring up a good point focus more on sound than actual soundtracks as i um, hit the mic as you hit the mic speaking of sound um i had this isn't really a horror movie, but it has suspense elements to it. Blowout okay. uh, with John Travolta. Well, it's all about a it's all about a foley artist, someone who does uh, artificial sound for Hollywood films. Okay. And the movie starts off with a cheap horror film being made, and they can't get the scream for the girl right, which comes into very haunting play much later in the film. Mm-hmm. Don't want to spoil that because Blowout's a fantastic film. Anyone that wants to get into making any kind of film should see Blowout. Um, that movie, and of course, since it's all about sound design, the movie, of course, has great sound design. Uh, the Exorcist is another oh, one yeah. that has phenomenal sound oh, design. Yeah. And I would also recommend Don't Look Now, which is a 1970-something uh, horror film starring Donald Sutherland, huh. and I can't remember who plays his wife. Shit, um, I can't remember who plays his wife. But it's about uh, Donald Southern Donald Sutherland and his wife live in Europe, and the movie follows 
uh, like a year or two after their daughter tragically drowns in a pond outside of their house. Hmm. And Donald Sutherland is like an architect who's helping restore a cathedral in Rome. And there's this whole psychic uh, element to it, uh, like voices from the beyond and uh, premonitions of what could happen to their family. First off, the movie's deeply twisted and very frightening. Um, sound design in it is incredible. Uh, editing as well. Oh, shit, there's actually more courses I want to talk about. Edit- editing. Editing and lighting would have been one of them, too. We can talk about it. We got, I mean, we're here already. Who True. Um, but, yeah, sound can make or break a horror movie because anyone can jump out in front of someone and get a... Nah, from um, can can I talk about a movie that I hated because of its sound and what? sound design? Uh, the Quiet Ones, not to be mistaken with A Quiet Place. I've not heard of The Quiet Ones. The Quiet Ones came out a few years ago, um, and it's about a real study that uh, I think it was in the seventies or maybe even earlier um, that this college class did, where they were trying to prove that um, telekes- telekinesis was real by implying that every poltergeist incident Mm -hmm. was just caused by a mass belief in something. Gotcha. So they all created this poltergeist and, um, by like, just like making up this person, making up this ghost. And they just like would sit in a circle and think about it hard enough. And apparently they even got like, like they got like something like a light to like turn out upstairs Mm. or like they got the table to shake without ever anybody touching it and stuff like that where it was just like uh like all of them convincing themselves that this would happen but anyway so a few years ago they made a film based on this actual study that happened but they turned it into a thing where this one chick actually had like telekinesis and they were like using her to channel spirits or something and all of the scares were just like like it was to the point where i made a meme (laughs) where it was like the the lead chick in the movie who's like supposedly who supposedly has this uh telekinesis and uh steve carell in um anchorman where he's just going loud noises because it's like the whole movie it's just like everybody's like it's just the fucking loudest shit it's the only reason anything scary in that movie mm-hmm. is just because like loud shit happens and it's just such a waste to me because i'm yeah. like make the scares genuine and then just like fucking use the sound design to add to something yes. you know what i mean like make the content scary and then just use the sound to accent it like it shouldn't just be based off the fucking sound like that's bullshit and that's cheap yeah i agree and that's the thing is sound is a great tool for any movie especially for horror films because it can it adds another layer to the atmosphere of what you're hearing is we we're all afraid of basically of similar things of of can't think of a loud single noises. loud noises <laughs> <laughs> i hopefully you understand where i'm going with this because yeah. i sure as fuck don't um <laughs> we all have like i hate using this word because it's actually like a thing but like triggers that can happen no, when I mean, we hear sounds yeah because hearing there are good sounds and there are bad bad sounds just like yeah. anything else and that adds another layer of depth to the horror film I th- I had oh um this one uh, another example of sound I really liked in a film after I just knocked PG thirteen horror films the woman in black 
I oh, yeah. actually really like the sound design in the woman and in black. And I liked that movie. I liked the movie too. I didn't like it as much upon rewatch because it is a lot of jump scares. Yeah. Um, but the the mansion itself is very oppressive due to creaking wood and rattling doors and mm. just you, you f- it feels decrepit. Yeah. Sound is a tool that you can texture your environment with, and you can really punctuate something and make it scary with very good sound design. Hell yeah. So let's move on briefly to what this impromptu course that I just thought of, lighting and editing. Yes. Because... um, I can add one of my favorite horror movies now. Well, it's kind of a horror movie now because you brought this up, so I'm excited. Perfect. Go Uh, ahead. Natural Born Killers. That is the best fucking movie in terms of editing because i didn't really want to use it in terms of writing or because i mean it's still like i love the concept i love the atmosphere of it i love the sound yeah but it's like the the technical standpoint yeah the the thing though that i think really is most apparent in that movie is how well edited it is and how many different styles it uses to make a commentary on sort of like you know our addiction to tv our addiction to violence Mm -hmm. all that and so it's like they used those elements to sort of like throw it in our face and mm. but it was still like it added sort of it it made it pleasing because they are very familiar tropes like the whole when it's like a flashback to Mallory and how she met Mickey and how it's like I love Lucy mm-hmm. and that's sort of like fucking making fun of us for being so engrossed in TV all the time yeah. but then it's also I like that fucking Ronnie Dangerfield is in yeah, that movie but then it's like it also like shoves fucking incestual rape in our face and yeah. stuff like that so it's like it's really powerful and mm-hmm. then like you know in terms of editing like how they actually used and this is kind of where lighting comes in how they actually use projectors in certain scenes and like filmed it that way instead of using like digital editing you I know need I'm, to rewatch that movie that's a crazy oh, good fuck, movie fuck it's so good and like you know it the way that they did it, it made it a lot cheaper, but I don't think they necessarily needed it to be cheaper because it was mm. Oliver Stone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, that's true. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like you can do artistic things and you can do powerful, you can use powerful images and powerful effects and stuff like that without spending a fucking arm and a leg. And it'll still be a really insanely good movie. And I fucking love that. Well, that's the thing is it also gives it an identity too. Like yeah. no other movie looks like natural. More no, killers. and it's like you could use ideas that they used but it will never be as intense as that movie was mm-hmm. and i fucking love it right. shit yeah <laughs> um you have anything for was lighting and editing it was for kind both of them? both honestly okay. um yeah because i guess like i i, I guess i could like because I, I mean i stopped anyway so i'll bring it up but like suspiria but that's more like the the tone of it it's not the lighting necessarily but because it's not it's, really... it's lighting though too okay, there's it's, a lot yeah. of interesting lighting i was yeah. actually gonna bring that up for lighting oh, shit i'm sorry oh, it's all right i but, was good we're on the same wavelength yeah. and... but because it's like it's not very traditional horror it's more mm-hmm. like it it's it seems almost more lighthearted in tone than well actually fuck then i can kind of talk about well, like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, it's kind of like mm, that too, where it's yeah. like stage lighting and stuff like that. But they also like that's a beautiful movie. I know, and I love that some of the lighting wasn't actual lighting, but it was just the sets to be painted. Yeah, to like look like that was how the lighting. And was. You, if production design is your thing, you got to check out. Well, 
I mean, chances are if you've seen The Cabinet of Dr. Yeah. Caligari, if you've seen a Tim Burton movie, because yeah. Tim Burton is 100% influenced by Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. But you should, without a doubt, see The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari if you're into production design. Yes. Um, some of my picks for editing and lighting. Uh, Suspiria is huge uh, oh, yeah. for lighting. Um, and in a similar vein, the Neon Demon, because the Neon Demon is a, oh, was yeah. a, hugely inspired by Suspiria. In terms of editing, I would recommend Don't Look Now again, because okay. uh, the first five minutes alone are a mastercraft of editing, and there's some excellent editing again at the very finale of the film. And uh, Mom and Dad, yes. when I rewatched that with Graham, I realized there's some pretty wicked edits in that movie. And uh, fucking Evil Dead 2, An Army of Darkness. Yeah, You gotta watch those for the editing and the cinematography, oh too. Oh my god, the fucking mini ashes in Army of Darkness are They're still so my favorite good. thing in anything so ever. Good. I fucking Grammy love that speed. bit. speed! <laughs> it's so cute. It's the fucking greatest thing. Yeah, oh no, that's... Uh, you got uh, Evil Dead 2, I would say, even more so for editing. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, what you can learn with camera tricks, uh, whether it's slightly speeding up your film or uh, playing with focus length and a lot of technical babbles <laughs> <laughs> it's just all in and uh play with all things that and stuff. things and the stuff and the things um <laughs> if anyone's going into horror filmmaking in general you need to see the uh evil dead movies because you Fuck, can learn yeah. so much about what you can do the fact that especially with a low budget yeah, to break windows, but like keep a roaming POV. They would build giant ass like two by two by fours off of the camera and just push the camera through windows. I didn't like know that. you didn't know that. That's They'd, amazing. They would call it like the Ramo Cam or something like oh that. Oh my god! And in the especially in the first movie, since they had no money, they uh they would actually they actually shot a real gun at a dummy based off of uh, Cheryl. That's and, awesome. Yeah, no. The, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell were pretty balls to the wall back in the day. I mean, they still are, but I'm um, still like, I'm still convinced I need to be a success before I turn 24 because of Sam Raimi doing Evil Dead when he was 23. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm 35, so I, <laughs> I, I missed that. Right. Um, <laughs> we, uh, like I said, with uh, sound lighting. And editing is just another texture. It's another ingredient. Mm -hmm. uh, depending on how long your takes are, how short your takes are, that ev evokes emotion and uh, camera angles you choose. It's 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 a ballet. It's uh, it's it's beautiful. It's art. It's uh, <laughs> um, lighting too. Lighting evokes mood. I think yeah. that goes without saying. Spooky lighting makes you feel spooky. Happy lighting makes you feel happy. <laughs> I'm really good at this whole teaching thing. Jane, yeah. So. I'm learning many things. Not really. And then it all culminates into the final course, which is atmosphere. So, Evu. Oh, um, <laughs> of course, because I have to. I have to talk about The Shining because, like, you know, as much as all... What's The Shining? <laughs> as much as I'll complain that, like... I really like the book, and I wish Stanley Kubrick would have kept it at least a little bit closer to the book because there were a lot of things that he took out that didn't need to be and blah, blah, blah. The atmosphere of that movie is what is phenomenal. It's what makes it so fucking powerful. And still, it's one of my favorite fucking horror movies because of it. And it's like the little things that you learn that Stanley Kubrick did to keep everybody on edge is just amazing. Like how, you know, he didn't give Shelley Duvall any direction because he wanted her to be as frantic as possible. Mm -hmm. And like, how like little things like the TV was unplugged and even though 
you know, you probably didn't really notice it. It's like your brain could kind of tell that something was off or how like, you know, the the setup of the hotel wasn't accurate. Like when they filmed scenes, it's like... Oh, you're one of those room 237 nuts, aren't you? <laughs> I didn't like it actually because okay. I thought they delved way too deep into gotcha. things. And I think they looked into things that weren't necessarily on purpose. But this stuff I do think was on purpose. Okay. Like I do think he meant the layout of the hotel to not be exactly right I think that's, to make yeah, you that's uncomfortable. Fair. And the same thing with the TV But thing. you don't believe it was like an analogy for the... Uh... The, the plight of the genocide of the Native Americans. I don't think Stanley Kubrick is that thoughtful. No, and maybe that's shitty to say. I think he's artistic, but I don't think he's like worried about the plight of anybody. I because that's, at, that's, what he did to Shelley Duvall, I'm just yeah, like, that's, I don't, that's entirely I don't true. think he's worried about shit. And yeah. I don't think he would make a whole movie. And I don't think he would like take an idea that wasn't in the original book and just add it to it because he was like, you know, we should probably talk about those guys. I don't that's think true. he's that type of dude. That's but I true. guess I don't, I don't fucking, I've never met Stanley Kubrick. I don't know him that well. So maybe I'm just talking out of my ass. I don't really and give a shit. You'll never meet Stanley Kubrick either. I know. Um, he's dead. I know. He's way dead. But so I can't like put words into his mouth. And that's kind of why I hate room 237. Cause it's like I room 237 was awful. Yeah. Cause I it's couldn't like, even finish it. I was like, this is I don't the think I dumbest either. shit I've yeah. ever seen. I mean, some of it, it was like, it's interesting. It, it, like what you say, where it's interesting, where they, they discuss yeah. production design and patterns and stuff like that. Yeah. That stuff is interesting. But when they're like, Oh, uh, you look at the baking soda cans behind Jack in this scene, and it's like, oh, go fuck yourself. I really don't think that was on purpose. Like, and yeah. I still run into people today who are just like, no, that was definitely on purpose. Look at the documentary. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. He's not even alive so you're right just going to let people tell you how to think? Yeah, right? You're just going to let people tell you how to think, man? <laughs> yeah. But, so, point of it being, um, the atmosphere of The Shining is really what I think sold it. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, the feeling of being trapped in a hotel, even though, I mean, it's big, but, like, that cabin fever sense that you know being snowbound sense like with a reference to the donner party mm-hmm. and stuff like that and like even the hedge maze i loved that addition because i mean that wasn't in the book but i loved that like i loved that aspect because you know it put them out into the snow it put them out into the unknown put them into an area where they couldn't find their way back and it was a good metaphor for like the mountains and everything mm-hmm. like that and so that movie is just like in terms of atmosphere, it's that one. That one I'm just completely sold on. And I mean, like, uh, that movie we were just talking about, that I, uh, oh my god, uh, came out recently with the, like, the stalker thing that was also kind of like a sexually transmitted disease that I can't Oh, remember. it follows. Yeah, there we go. It follows. I was like, fuck, I can't. Um, but. Yeah, no. Uh, that movie, a lot of that vibe definitely was Kubrickian, you know? Yeah. It was, it was very. Very Carpenter inspired. Yeah, too. yeah. So it's like. A lot of things have been inspired by The Shining and by John Carpenter. Sure. And, um, but, yeah, since I'm talking about The Shining. Specifically about, yeah, anyway. But, yes, so that's the one I'm going to talk about, and now I'm done. How about you? I'm going <laughs> to cop out and just say that all the ones I already mentioned have fantastic atmosphere. Because I, for fuck's sake, cannot think of anything else right now. That's I, fair. Other than, like, I technically didn't mention it. The original Halloween, for my money, still has yeah. fantastic <laughs> atmosphere and well, pacing. Yeah. and. I mean, pacing for the most part. That's debatable. Um, I also like I like the atmosphere in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, and I do like the atmosphere, and I'm not even saying this for the meme. I do like the atmosphere in Rob Zombie's Halloween, too. I think uh, where the first one is tonally very messy because it has it's part what he wanted to do, part remake. This one, he just went all out mm-hmm. and made a 
weird, gruesome horror movie, and it's just it's dark and it's unhappy, and you feel it, and you're with them. And to a slightly lesser degree, but definitely, I was feeling it when I was watching it. Lords of Salem, mm-hmm. Lords of Salem, I think had some pretty rich atmosphere. You know, it honest, just falled into absolute. I don't give a shit. I feel <laughs> like that movie was like only atmosphere. I think that was part of its issue because it's but like that's that, the thing is that like Rob Zombie isn't an atmospheric director most no, of the time. It's like and, by accident. Yeah, like I, I'm like in between on that movie because it's like I read the book and I liked the idea because I wanted a new Salem Witch Trials movie because that was before the Witch came out. Right? Yes, it was. Okay. Um, By so, a few years. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure because I'm all over the place. But um, so yeah. So it's like I wanted that movie. So it's like I guess I just wish the witch would have come out first, so that he just wouldn't have made it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because oh, like, he still would have made it. Yeah. You know. You're probably right. It, it's all I'm, you were talking about the Shining influencing people. Look at the fucking Lords of Salem is literally Rob yeah. Zombie. Rob Zombie said, Shining. "I wanted to make the Shining." Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, I do love that atmosphere. And the, like I was saying, The Shining has inspired a lot of things. And, you know, I, I do think it, a lot of things do stem from that because that was really fucking legendary. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Hell, yeah. Check out those movies, and we expect a report on our desk. 5,000 words. By Halloween. <laughs> no. 5,000 words. That's actually... 666 not. words. Fuck. <laughs> That's like a page. Yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> y- I y'all that. got this. Send it in the comments or our aim. Um, <laughs> speaking of Halloween, we're going to wrap this up by discussing what we are. What the fuck? No, I just. Don't scare me like I that. Jesus it. Christ. No, Jolin's like referencing behind me and I'm like, what the fuck? No, I just. Because Graham left and I wish he would be involved in it's this. True. Um, he died. Later that evening. Um, we're going to wrap this up by discussing what how we're going to be celebrating Halloween. Ooh. What are you going to do on Halloween, Jolene? Um, I don't know what I'm going to do on day of because it's like a Wednesday. I know yeah. this Saturday I work. Um, my friend's having a crazy killer Halloween party, and I'm helping her set up beforehand because I know you I won't be able to. You are invited. I mean, just I honestly think she does kind of open it up to the public because that's what she's done in the past. It's just like you have to like donate money towards the kegs. Right. She's super cool, um, but it's really sweet. So she's doing like a whole. I was just quoting Harperboys. Fair. <laughs> um, but uh, so. I'm helping her set that up. Probably going to carve pumpkins sometime this week. Um, I feel like usually on Halloween, it's like I'm not super into like, I don't like Halloween parties. I don't like doing that whole thing. Like I like dressing up and I like drinking, but I just, I don't. (laughs) It's the whole interaction with people. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I get tired of it within like an hour. So I'll probably just like fucking make some sort of like mulled cider at home and then watch a bunch of horror movies because that's what i like to do so it'll be a you know usual night for me right how about you i'm going to well this weekend i work so i can't like necessarily do anything i I might be able to do something late on saturday night um we were actually we're actually having a party on friday night that i probably will I can go this you time. You can go this time? I don't work on Friday. This is where it this fucking... This is the first time I've been able to make one of their Halloween parties, you guys. I'm so pumped. This is where it fucking sucks because I have to close the bar that night. No. I know. So I won't be getting out of there until like 2 or 2.30. I'll stay late. Okay. Like way late? Yeah. Okay. I'm always All awake. Right, well, fair enough. Um, I'll just be here like waiting for you like, where have you been? <laughs> 
I hope you say that exactly. <laughs> like legs crossed, right. like mug of tea or whatever. Just where have you been? <laughs> um, Saturday night, I might be able to do more just because I theoretically should get out of work earlier. Um, Friday and Saturday, we're doing different costume themes That's for fun. each day. Friday is Masquerade. Uh, Dope. Saturday is cartoon character oh my god who are you gonna be for a cartoon character being the joker oh that makes sense right right i I wish i had something better to tell you no that's not i mean it's not better like that's a good costume it's just i didn't make the connection i'm like oh yeah you already had you did that right i was originally (laughs) going to be danny elfman for halloween but i decided i I got on a batman kick and i was like "Ah, i'll do the joker which danny elfman were you gonna do just like him as a person or i was gonna do like mid 80s or no like early 80s oingo boingo like suspenders white t-shirt kind of thing no because i have again i get really specific with my costumes i have that t-shirt that's like their skull logo Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of uh concert footage of him with a white pants and a white suit jacket and like black i'm like real auto show kicking boots and I was going to get temp dye for my hair and do that. Oh, my God. That, next year, dude. Next, next year. fucking year. But instead, I, I did the white jacket and white pants for the Joker instead. And, that makes sense. Um, on actual Halloween, though, I'm going to see Ghost the, oh, in concert. That's cool. I don't know if I've told you this. I went to see Ghost in May. You but did tell me that somebody got shot or something. Someone, right? No one got shot. Nobody got shot. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't I'm sorry. that exciting. It's actually quite sad. Um, a middle-aged man was there with his family, and he like had a heart attack and died oh, at the concert. I'm sorry, I. It's all right. That, that That's way. all right. I knew somebody died. I just yeah, no, honestly someone died at the like concert or something. Um, and since if you're familiar with Ghosts, they're like a they're like a soft metal band that's very theatrical. Mm-hmm. They the band itself, their motif is that they're like a they're like a black mass. They're the lead singer goes through iterations. The first three were different, like, like devil popes. And this new one, he's like a dark Cardinal. If you're Catholic, you know what that means. Um, and then the, like the, the bands are all the band mates. They all wear masks. They're nameless ghouls. A lot of the identity of the bandmates are not known actually. Um, the only person that is known as the lead singer uh it's Tobias something. I like that name. Um because like his identity was exposed during a lawsuit where he wasn't crediting his old bandmates or something like that. But they make really fun music, really catchy, great uh uh doom metal, hard rock. Their new album reminds me a lot of a Queen album in a lot of ways. There's like themes of arena rock and progressive rock. Dope. It's, it's actually they're really fun. And they put on a super wicked concert, but it was cut short at the and when I saw it in May because they're super theatrical. They do an intermission and the intermission was getting longer and longer and someone passed away. Then I got an email saying that they were going to come back to pr- perform the second act of their show. And T-shirts will be on sale with proceeds going to the family of the man who passed away at their concert. Aww. Yeah, so that's super cool. That's so I'm really gonna be sweet. I'm gonna be rocking out at a ghost concert for the beginning of the night. I will probably be beginning and ending my day by watching a fuck ton of horror movies. Ooh, yeah, because that's, that's what I did last year. All I did was watch horror movies all day. Um, maybe I'll do some. Maybe I'll go out just for fun. Feel maybe, that. maybe I'll go to Up Down. Up Down is an arcade bar in Milwaukee that I went to earlier this evening. It's like my favorite place right now. 
Um, or maybe I won't, and maybe I'll just stay in and watch horror movies. I like that. That might be what I'm doing. Fair enough. <laughs> well, if you're free on Halloween, HMU. Yeah. Um, we'll finish uh, off with the way I promised we were going to finish off each episode. Jolyn. Oh, oh, someone didn't take her notes. I forgot. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, I'll start. Yes, I'll give you please. time to think. Thank you. Since we're on the topic of the Halloween franchise, I'm going to recommend you watch Halloween 3 this October. Oh, hell yeah. And ha- Halloween 3, you do not need to see one or... If you, for some reason, have been sleeping on it and haven't seen any of the other movies in the franchise, you do not need to see any of the other ones to see Halloween 3. Famously, Halloween 3 was an attempt to turn the film series into an anthology series, so it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. But again, atmosphere is rich, the soundtrack is great, uh, the acting is great, the concept is kind of batshit, but it works in the universe that they establish, and you get a lot of gnarly kids, gnarly death of kids. It's a pretty dark movie, but it's a very interesting movie, and it just drips with Halloween cheer, and I like it quite a bit. Woo! Okay. Um, so I don't remember if I already recommended this movie. I don't think I did, but if you've seen Return of the Living Dead and you like it, you've probably already seen this movie. Maybe you haven't. Uh, Night of the Demons? You recommended I this did? movie. I right? did? Fuck! You actually introduced it the exact the same, same way. way. <laughs> okay. All right. Pause. Uh, I gotta find something oh god this is the worst i could um, sing more while you, while you think of something yeah do that uh, um fuck. i don't know what to sing <laughs> um shit uh let's see you got this you've seen like a thousand horror movies i know but it's like I feel what's it. something that you watch every october well, I already talked about like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and I talked about Freaks and I talked about Night of the Demons apparently I've talked about Return of the Living Dead uh, fuck. And, I mean, you mentioned Halloween 3, which is kind of my go-to, too. Um, fuck balls. Um. You got this. I'll think of something. Uh, shit. I'm trying to find something that, like, fuck. Uh. Isn't it weird when you're on the spot how all of a sudden every horror movie you've ever seen. It's just, just like, escaping escapes. my brain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, oh, you know what? This is like kind of a horror movie, kind of not. But I was discussing with a few friends of mine recently. And so it's not Freaks, but it's Freaked. Okay. The movie Freaked. Uh, Alex Winter is in it. Um, and it's super over the top. It's pretty fucking creepy. So I feel like it qualifies. It was made in like the 90s. Uh, super worth it. Definitely see it. Freaked. Uh, That's not yeah. the one you had on at the bar. No, that was Cursed. Yeah, no, that was, that was Cursed. cursed. Oh my god, um, that one is fucking Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Christina Ricci as like werewolves, and there's fucking, a point where like it's fucking weird. It was weird, and it, like so it's like also I think it's like early two thousands or nineties or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and it's the same like it's a thing where like they're supposed to become like super attractive after they become werewolves, and like Christina Ricci's hot as fuck. So it's like like. Neither character had anything added to them, but with Christina Ricci, it worked because, like, her just being a little bit more confident, you're like, ooh, hot damn, you know? Like, she lets her hair down, I think, and is, like, wearing a lower top, and that's, like, all that they had her do. And then Jesse Eisenberg, what they did to him, I think they, like, gelled his hair and fluffed it up a little bit. That was it. And then suddenly he was, like, super attractive to women, and I was just like, bullshit. (laughs) I call bullshit. (laughs) 
Yeah, I do too. Um, well, this is usually where we end the show, but Graham's not here. We can still end. We can end it without him. Oh, we can't. We can't like officially. We can end it, but we can't like end it. End it. So this is going to be great content. <laughs> um, Jolyn, Jolyn Vamp. I'm going to go get Graham. Fuck. Uh. Okay. Well. Um. I can say a few more things about Halloween because I have a bunch of lists that. Uh... Oh, it was a line from the new Halloween. It's not a spoiler, but I loved it, and maybe you can quote it at some point. Um, sometimes I can't tell the difference between your stupidity and your ignorance, and it's my favorite line of everything ever. Um, so yeah, uh, now I think we're at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bearing with us, sir, folks. Well, folks, that uh, my tender lumplings that brings <laughs> us to the end of our four episode jaunt through the lovely month of October. We will be back to our monthly format starting in November of next month. What the fuck. Next starting next month in November. We'll there try that. Jolyn. My pleasure. <laughs> I'm just gonna say Graham. That. When you were here. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. You're Durango. Number ninety five. And I'm your host, Wiggly Bones. <laughs> and my tender lumplings. We return to our coffins once more, waiting for the sun to dip back down below the horizon. Once it does so (laughs) we will emerge from our coffins and terrorize the streets next month in november we'll see you then have a groovy fucking evening and have a happy goddamn halloween Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In stores only. Excludes in-store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals.